Welcome back to Silo by Story Archives, the official number one Silo podcast in the world. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome. It's Friday, Zach. You know what time it is. It's time to do an instant reaction on the new episode of Silo. An instant reaction to, once again, the newly crowned, by my opinion, best episode of season one of Silo. And I, I agree with that this time. I didn't quite agree on the last one. It was great, but it wasn't number one for me. This one, I, I, I stood up and I was like, that's, that's my favorite so far. Titled The Flame Keepers. Do I, mm. Did I win a bet? Did I win a bet? I said from the beginning of the show, there's going to be another faction and they're going to be like the truth keepers. You know, like it they're going to be It the... wasn't a bet. I agree with you and, and, right. and have, whether I've said it out loud or not. Um... We, I think we definitely knew that there was some other faction. We, we've been commenting on them. We've been calling them the Dreamers amongst a few other names, but now we finally have their official title. Let me tell you, as you know, I usually watch these episodes twice Yeah, every week. I caught a lot more than I usually do on the instant reaction. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, even the title sequence, I was having epiphanies as I was watching the title sequence. Things were just like popping out to me then. They never had. This show is masterful in the way that they're just revealing mystery. Like everything makes sense now. You know, this episode was action packed with no action. Actually, I mean, there was action, but it was just like all this truth coming to life. We're seeing all these characters. We're seeing the, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Are the good guys the good guys and the bad guys the bad guys? Why aren't the bad guys doing more to stop this stuff from going on in this episode? (laughs) There's... So many questions and more questions than answers, even though we've gotten more answers than we've had before. That's true. A lot of truth, but a lot of questions come from truth. Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh. Okay. I think before we get going on the instant reaction to what we saw tonight on this episode, I think it's time for some... Mail hour? Yeah, mail. What are we calling this? Mailbag? The mailbag? The mailbag. Let's go through the mailbag. Let's call it the relic bag. Ooh, well, that won't carry over to the other shows, but okay. True. Well, I guess we can always rebrand. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's start with the email relics of the week. We got a lot this week, Zach. We did. And I love, I love a week where we get a lot of emails. Let's start with... Actually, this one is kind of like a public PSA. So, let's start with this one. It's going to be a public PSA slash plug. Uh, we got an email out there. Let's just call him um, good old Stuart. Uh, Stuart, thank you for writing in. Uh, Stuart was asking, why are there foundation podcasts on my silo podcast feed? Well, there's a good reason for that, Stuart. Story Archives actually is not a show just about silo. We actually tend to focus on one show at a time because it's pretty much as much time as we can focus on shows, uh, mm-hmm. being an independent podcast network at the, t- at the moment. So we tend to cover two shows at a time with one taking the central focus. Right now, Silo is our main focus with us gearing up for Foundation Season 2 premiering in July. So, you'll see that our cadence of our programming schedule, so to speak, if you're old enough to remember TV Guide, uh, we have postings of Silo episodes on Fridays and Sundays, uh, if you're interested in only those. And then Wednesday, for those who are sci-fi fantasy uh, lovers out there who want more shows, once Silo's over and they need to scratch that sci-fi fix, we have our Wednesday deep dives of Foundation, which is a fantastic show based on Isaac Asimov's hit sci-fi series. Some people call him the godfather of sci-fi, uh, influencing Star Wars, Dune, 
Blade Runner, you know, you name it. Uh, and you can listen to that show. But if you just want Silo, you can also go over to YouTube and hone in on just our Silo playlist so that your eyes only see those episodes. Um, what am I missing? Oh, and in addition to Foundation, we've also done other shows like Peaky Blinders, Last of Us, uh, Lupin on Netflix, several other shows. So don't be alarmed. When Silo ends, our podcast name will change. It'll always remain Story Archives in the title, but we'll always rotate the name of our podcast to the show that we are focusing on for two episodes a week, an instant reaction and a deep dive. Absolutely. Did I miss anything, Sir Zachary? No, I don't think so. That was it. The only only other show that we did a uh, recording on, if I recall correctly, was The White Lotus. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was just one, though. That was yeah. Just one. That was a little Forgot one. about that. That wasn't like enough to make the gauntlet. No. All right. Uh, thank you, Stuart, for that email. I think it does help clear up for others who are also probably um, confused. But, you know, you got you to gotta learn about what we do, right? So, hey, thanks. Have a great week. On to the next one. Bradley Vargovic. Okay. All right, Zach. Uh, Bradley's he disagrees <laughs> with you on last episode. Uh, he says that the relic in episode 106 was not the Pez dispenser. It was the Georgia Travel Guide. So, Responses to Bradley. Yeah, so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that one. So my bet was that the relic that would be used as bait would be the Pez dispenser, which I do believe it was. Mm-hmm. I think what you're getting at is the uh, relic from the title of the episode relic was the book on the end. And for that, I will agree with you. All right. I, I agree with Brad in terms of the relic being specified to the Georgia book, but you got a point. You actually were correct on the Pez dispenser being the, yeah, I guess you're both right. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> And please let me know what steakhouses are great in Chicago. I'd like to know. I've never been. Okay. Uh, on to the next one. I'm trying to go in order and my desktop is a mess right now. Let's go to Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for this email. Okay. Mario and Zachary, thanks for the podcast. I am enjoying it. Some comments. While I hope that Zachary's theory about the helmet being VR is wrong, I still think it's possible. Thank you. When they switched to backup, to fix the generator, yes, we saw the color version of the outside. I also did a freeze frame and didn't see the bodies. Juliet Scar. Okay, she agrees that Juliet Scar is part of the, the character. They, otherwise, they would have covered it up. I agree. I was thinking the same thing as you are, Jennifer. Martha, Martha Walker's picture from last episode. It looks like a drawing slash painting to me, so it's not an accurate shot. And I think it's very possible to judge Meadows. Believe it or not, I'm starting to think that way too after this episode. (laughs) There is one other black woman that I recall seeing. The woman is in recycling. I forgot about her. You're absolutely right. Martha Martha Walker's ex is named Carla. The mayor says her name when she visits. Okay. We also got a lot of people telling us the name was Carla. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all for letting us know. Okay. On to the next one here from Bruce in New Jersey. Gentlemen, thank you for this entertaining and informative podcast. I would recommend... Oh, actually, I actually love this. This is a great email. Why? Because this show reminded me of another show on Apple TV in this episode. And we've talked off air, Zach, about doing this show. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a no-brainer, really. I mean... Whatever, I guess it's like an announcement. But we didn't... We've You know, we haven't even talked about this. I think it was just kind of assumed that we would do it. But let's just read Bruce's email. Thank you for this entertaining and informative podcast. I would recommend that if slash when we get close to the release of season two of Severance, you give season one the full soapbox treatment. 
I agree. And I totally think that these two shows could be like connected in some way. I don't know if literally, but that would be really interesting, Zach, if if they were. It would um, be. If, yeah, I don't want to give anything away about Severance, but yeah, I could, yeah. I could see some uh, some overlap here for sure. I think uh, Severance was actually one of the first episodes from Apple TV we talked about doing. So, yes, we yes, will get it was. to it. Severance is an, an amazing show. I, I encourage everyone watching to check it out or listening to check it out. Um, here are some thoughts, ideas I have about Silo. I think... It was extreme climate change that drove these people to build and live in the silo. And that is why there are limitations to how much technology and mechanization they are allowed. For example, they don't want to further ruin the environment. Or they are on a different planet with an inhospitable atmosphere. Machines have been built and set up outside to improve the atmosphere, I guess like terraforming, and one day make it breathable. But that day is not today. Smiley face. I don't know why you put a smiley face there, Bruce. That is not... <laughs> it's kind of menacing there. I am convinced there are multiple silos. To steal a line from the movie Contact, why build one when you can have two at twice the price? I think that the tunnel that George saw in the schematic connects to another silo. I also think that the last episode of season one will have someone from another silo showing up. We should put Bruce in the prop bet there. Okay. When I saw the guys in the lab coats in front of the video monitors, my thought was, oh no, it's the Dharma Initiative. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Bruce. Yeah, Thank the Dharma you. Initiative is a, is a deep cut for Lost there. Um, am I right about that? It's, that's Lost. Uh, have you ever watched check. Lost? Mm, I've seen a few episodes. I'm almost 100% positive. I mean, it's been over 10 years since I've watched Lost, but Lost the Dharma Pedia Initiative. is what I see it from. Yeah, Dharma Initiative was definitely, yeah, I agree. I could de definitely get the same vibe. Let's hope it, it's a little better. Okay. Okay, we got... Let's see who else we have here. Oh, we have an old... Okay, we have an older email from May 22nd, and I thought it was relevant to this one. It, it speaks about Martha down in Mechanical, and, and he... This is Julian, who says he believes that Martha... I mean, um, he called her Harriet, but her name is Martha is the leader of the faction of people that are rebels or wander or wanderers. We always talked about these people as the wanderers. Um, yeah, I, I am, I'm kind of with you. There's definitely gotta be a connection there. If she knows Hannah Nichols, um, there's gotta be some connection there. Yeah. And I think that's something we got a lot of in this episode. It was a lot of people knowing people close to you. Yes. Yes. Also, Martha Walker is played by Harriet Walter. So that's why we've got Harriet in that email. Perfect. Okay, we've got a, an email from Susie in Germany. Okay, here we go. Hi, guys. I'll try my best not to be... Okay, okay, let me skip that. Um, okay, she, thank you so much for enjoying the, the pod. Let me see. Yes. Okay, apparently I have made everyone paranoid, Zach. Mario, thank you very much for planting paranoia into your listeners' brains. <laughs> I'll freak out now every time I see a mirror thinking I'm being spied on. Great. Very helpful, man. And Zach, with his plans for a red-colored serial killer type room, yeah, good luck with that. I'm sure it's going to turn out just stylish and not creepy at all. It's okay, because <laughs> nobody will see it. It's just for me. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you for enjoying the rabbit holes and enjoying the... We're glad you found the Terminator Matrix um trivia bit last week interesting okay uh, i loved your exchange about knowledge education 
and handling of information in former times and now, and about the Constitution. True, true. Love that you brought up the old Greeks, we Europeans. I'll speak very presumptuously for the whole continent. Adore them and indeed bring them up on every occasion. That's exactly why I'm into sci-fi so much. It so easily triggers deep, deeper and or philosophical conversations. I agree. I think that's why sci-fi does um, tend to hit a note because all of it is just so, you know, the implications and they just the philosophical implications of, of sci-fi kind of like takes these scenarios and plays them out like on this grand scale that, that just opens it up to, to this dialogue that we get to have. Very and true. also I appreciate, okay, she, Susie loved the Breaking Bad teddy bear reference and mentioned that Vince Gilligan is doing a sci-fi show. Mm. And that is something to look into, I think, as a show for the future. Um, yeah. <laughs> also a little bit here about me and Juliet on the beach. And um, showing her the beach and the waves and the seagulls, treating her to some ice cream. There seems to be a little bit of a love triangle between me, Lucas, and Juliet occurring on this email. Uh, more about that later. Okay, I have a feeling Susie's going to love this episode. So, all right, to the next email here. We got one from Josh. Okay, Josh in Ohio. Hey, guys, love the podcast. I found you guys on Spotify after getting hooked on the show and binged, binged all your silo episodes to get a cop, cut up and everything. Uh, anyways, I wanted to send a theory I have about Judge Meadows being Paul Billings' mother. Ooh, that is really good. Yeah. I think that the judge is Paul's mother for the following reason. I couldn't help but notice that the judge was blinking excessively and seemed really rigid during the scene when Juliet brought up opening a relics investigation at the beginning of episode six. The rigidness of her movements made me think of the way that Paul was holding his hand to stop it from shaking in the lead up to the scene. Almost as if the sickness affects people's motor functions. <clears throat> I also couldn't help but notice what seemed like two purposeful shots where they show the judge drinking a cloudy looking liquid in a clear cup. This could be the homeopathic remedy that Paul's wife was talking about. It would also explain why Paul is so concerned about whether the sickness can be passed down to children if he thinks the judge gave it to him. Let me know what you think and keep up the great work. Do you want to take this or do you want me to take it? I think it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, there's a couple relationships that we think uh, Judge Meadows has to do with here. One of them uh, sounds like it could be Billings and the other one would be Martha Walker. We do get this sense of her generally being sick. I think there was at one point in the episode we really thought that she was more so stressed about outside. I'm not mm. quite sure why. I mean, it, it kind of came across that way which reminded us a lot of martha but maybe there's some other some other issue so i made a note last episode and we can talk more about this in the episode that i was beginning to get the suspicion that meadows wasn't in charge um i said that pretty yeah. specifically in this moment where sims continues to sort of interrupt her mm -hmm. and ask for permission and she was always just quick to put everything in Sims's lap. Mm -hmm. I personally think that her being sick has something to do with her being in a constant state of fear over what these people have on her. That was a kind of a theme in this episode yeah. of this hidden branch of government insert, uh, pretty much asserting their pressure, like their dominance or their pressure yeah. on these people of, of influence, people who seem to be puppets to them. I don't know now whether she's actually 
Paul's mother or not. I don't think she has the syndrome. I think she has a drinking problem. That is what they allude to in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's out because she's having pretty much like a a drinking binge at home. She doesn't have a cold. So it's interesting though. It's not, it's not out of the question. That's for sure. Yeah. Not out of the question. Absolutely. Okay. We have two from Linder. Let's uh, one from earlier this week and another from tonight, which is actually pretty funny. Well, I, I kind of want to link it in the episode description. We will. Okay. Hey guys, sounds like you may be divided on who is in the photo with Martha. Zach seems to be correctly, ha, huh, leaning my way that it is in fact just <laughs> Thank while you. Mario, <laughs> while Mario believes we are given a brief look at Martha with a random unidentified African-American woman that we have yet to be introduced to. Yet again, thank you. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, it was episode three where the mayor visited Martha and brought up Martha's divorce from Carla and that she thought they had been good together. When asked why they separated, Martha deflected by saying she chewed with her mouth open and moved on with the conversation. I believe the photo is a Chekhov's gun. We are not shown the photo until after we are introduced to Judge Meadows' character, and it wasn't shown for no reason. Very similar to the argument made during the Deep Dive podcast about the Relic Red Room being shown only because it will be important <laughs> later. Okay. And then he got a kick out of Zach's reference to the monitor room looking like NASA. Mm-hmm. Okay. On to the last email here, also from Linder, talking about tonight's episode, Flame Keep- The Flame Keepers. Enjoyed this one. It looks like the judge is nothing more than a figurehead that does whatever she is told and I'm guessing takes all her orders from Sims. Based on the tear rolling down her cheek as the sheriff confronts her, I'm assuming she's absolutely powerless and actually in a state of fear daily. (laughs) Relative to Sims and in a totally unrelated deep cut that goes way back before your time, when Sim enters the janitor's door and makes his way to mission control, I couldn't help but see this in my mind and laugh. And it's a, it's um. It's an old intro to the old, to the old sitcom Get Smart, which we'll, we will link in the description. And you listeners can go to the description and watch it on YouTube to see if it reminds you of Sim's journey all the way down to janitorial. It's kind of, it's pretty hilarious. It had me laughing for a few minutes here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a long mail room. Um, let's get into an instant reaction here. Let me get my notes up. All right. Let's go. Whew. I love the mail, by the way. Oh, me too. You know, I thought I thought when this episode started that we were getting like a for like a split moment. It was like a flash forward or something to like somebody being outside. Yeah, I was totally hoping that this was not. <laughs> there was two things I was hoping this was not the the flashback with Gloria on the beach. Uh huh. I was hoping it wasn't Juliet like thirty years later <laughs> or yeah. some crazy thing <laughs> like that. And then I was, but but when I saw her face, I immediately recognized who it was. Mm -hmm. And then I was also hoping that this was not secretly Juliet's mother. Uh, Those were two things that went through my head, neither of which are the case. So I'm very happy about that. I didn't even think that she might be Juliet's mother. The the immediate first thing that popped into my mind was that she may have been George's mother because I saw her fondling that shell, which again was the same... uh, same tattoo that George had. It were, I, remi- I remembered the names on the book when I um, remembered her name. Okay. Because in the Georgia Travel Guide, there's three names. There's yes. Gloria, Anna, Anne, and, um, and, and, and George. George. And so I was like, is she related to George? Is she George's mother? Um, I wrote that down. I literally put, is she George's mother? 
And we obviously knew that she had read the book or looked at the pictures on the book because the beach was identical to the one in the image. Yeah. Um, but we snapped back to reality and she's pretty much being drugged against her will to, I would say, hold in information. And to me, one of the biggest unanswered questions in this episode is, you know, why are they going through the trouble of drugging her for life when they could just kill her. Kill her? Yeah, I know. That, that was, that was the same thing. No, I, no I, I actually had that thought multiple times this episode. Uh, even even later on, like, like I feel like we get this game of cat and mouse between Sims and Juliet, and I'm just like, eh. It would, it would be much easier to just kill the sheriff at this point, as dark as that is, than let her run around and do her investigation. It made me think that, like, nothing is as it seems. Like, yes, there these people exist in a monitor watching the silo, but maybe they have a good reason to want to keep everybody in a silo. I, I don't know why they would just not kill everybody, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I, I do think that we got the confirmation that uh, Sims is the him when they said wake him up in the last episode. I, I think, I mean, I feel like Sims is the one with all of the power here. I do agree with, with uh, I think it was Linder that was saying that, you know, the judge is really just a figurehead. It, it really does have that feeling in this episode. And Sims, even, even in the last one, right? Like he felt like he was the one in charge. So we'll see. There was a, a moment where I'm watching this episode and I'm thinking to myself, it must have been like if there was an entire other show about Holston coming to the conclusion about all of this information. Mm -hmm. That would have been really interesting too. It made yeah. me wonder: would this show have been more interesting or less interesting with with Holston as the as the lead protagonist? Hmm. I don't know. I he haven't has, thought about it, but I mean, he he it's identical storyline. His wife pretty much yeah dies. His love, the love of his life, dies. And he wants to investigate why she lost her mind, you know? And then Juliet says the love of her life dies or is murdered. Mm -hmm. um, and she wants to know why he was murdered. It's like the <laughs> same exact storyline. But um, but a little, but even more mystery because she's trying to uncover how Holt, like what did Holston leave behind? And very, very interesting choice for Holston to use two vents. For his uh, secret spots. Yeah, know? we finally saw the hard drive. We finally figured out where it was. I think that was probably a stupid hiding spot, to be completely honest. Like, why would you hide the hard drive in there with somebody that would be that difficult to get in touch with? It's kind of brilliant, though, you know, in a way. Hmm. Although you would think that her room, considering the order they have her under, Mm -hmm. would be completely under lockdown. Although we don't know when that order was given True. of when they started drugging her, right? Because she was perfectly fine in her own apartment prior to um, Allison going out to clean. If you remember, we were in her apartment yep. and she was onto them listening very early on. Um, but maybe Holston was trying to divide the assets so that in case they found the ones in his apartment. I I agree with the division of the assets. I think that was smart. I just I, I it seems like a very difficult hiding place. Like that it's kind of a stretch to say, okay, she'll figure out Glory is here 
and she'll come over here and then they'll they'll have a conversation. I would imagine that, I mean, it's been what, a year since Holston went out to clean? We don't know. I, I don't think it's, I think it's been longer now at this point. I think I heard mention of a year. I I, I can't recall from, from what point, but yeah. my assumption is that they, they've been dragging her, I mean, ever since. It would have had to have been just before right around when Holston was there, if mm. she remembers it, and he was there to hide the stuff. Well, she was also in George Wilkins' report. Um, that's the reason. It's because her name was familiar to Juliet that she mm. opened up the file of George and saw Gloria's name in it, and that's um, part of it. And in and, and realizing Gloria on the file, she starts to become suspicious of the flowers now and yeah. the mirror. But she still doesn't come to the realization that the mirror is how they're monitoring everybody in the silo until later. Yeah, you know? we, we don't get that until the end. You saw the uh, flowers in her apartment kind of like cut down, the vase yeah. is broken. Yeah, and I don't... So, we made note of this. I don't know, it was a couple episodes ago. It was the episode that she was sworn in as sheriff. Mm -hmm. And Bernard makes mention of maintenance. You should see maintenance about that um, that vent. Yeah, they, you know, he was saying they want to, they should come up here, and she was like, "No, I'll fix it myself." Um, Bernard's in on it in terms of w w maintenance. Like all of the head honchos are in on this hidden branch, and they say, "I, you'll learn not to make." Um, he says, "You'll learn like not to make trouble with maintenance." Do you they think they've all gotten that. in trouble with with uh, maintenance? Is yes. that what's in janitorial? Yes. yes, I think everybody who is in a in charge authoritarian position, aside from, it seems like Mayor Johns had no idea about maintenance. Ah, uh, the, maybe the, there was no hint based off what yeah. I'm remembering of Mayor Johns that she had any idea about maintenance. Yeah, I think, I think maybe that's the one position that they don't allow to know about maintenance. Perhaps. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of read that as it, maybe each of those individuals have had their run-ins with maintenance. It's not that it's like they're permitted to know about it. It's that I know, oh, hey, yeah. I know I'm being yeah. watched. I did something, right? Like did uh, Bernard had said that he he had gone against um had gone against somebody in the past and I, I guess learned of learned, learned to not do that, right? Like he, he when he was talking about I received this threat. Remember that conversation? Yes. And I think that you're onto something there because I think that they choose the people that they want in power and it kind of goes to the questions we have about this episode as to why they're not just eliminating their opposition without mercy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things in, in this episode and in this show is that they prevent the flame keepers, those with the curiosity gene from, from breeding. You know, uh, Gloria's character says that's the one thing they can't kill off is that they can't breed away the curiosity that we have, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Billings is that perfect candidate that they had been priming up to be their packed-obsessed sheep to be mayor or to be sheriff, you know, somebody mm -hmm. who's built after them, who's looking after the order of the silo, because these people are like, they're sort of like Nazis, you know, mm. in a way, where it's like, ideologically you can't ask questions you can't question you know 
I mean, we, we see it, we see it in our own society, you know, the certain questions you can and can't ask, you know, yeah. those are the certain things that you're, that you're seeing in, in the silo. And it's, it becomes that question of who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. It's, it's the ones who can control the information that goes out. And if they can control the information that goes out to the silo, they can pretty much eliminate the threat of the flame keepers in a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which, which is why, you know, a lot of moderation on social media and just, you know, the internet in general is kind of terrifying. If you control the information, you control what people think to some yeah. degree. And and Bernard is talking in this episode, there's a great moment where it feels like every person in the silo who's in an authoritarian position mm-hmm. or like a, a position of authority believes that their job is most important to the silo. You yeah. have Juliet who thinks that her job is most important because she keeps the generator running. You have Sims who thinks his job is most important because he keeps the order in the in the silo through janitorial. You have Bernard who thinks his job was most important in IT because he distributes the power that the generator sends out. And I would assume Meadows is somewhere in that category too, mm. of thinking of her job is most important to the silo. So it's kind of like this noble lie, once again, of everybody working towards the common good, thinking that they're the most important thing for the silo while working together, you know? And <laughs> yeah. all of these things kind of come together to just maintain order. But like you were saying about controlling the internet, it's what Bernard is scared of. He's scared that uh, self-interested power within the silo is going to take over the servers mm-hmm. and then there goes the the silo, you know? Yeah. And he thinks Judge Meadows is the person. It seems that he is... I don't believe that he's aware of maintenance, by the way. Really? I, t- I changed my mind because he said he thinks Meadows might want to hijack the servers. And why would he say that if he knows about maintenance? Unless he's being facetious and not actually... He doesn't actually mean what he's saying. You know, maybe he has a double motive there as well. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, I, I kind of felt like I was coming around to uh, Bernard a little bit in this yeah, episode. I, I'm, I don't know. I want to, but at the same time, I think that there's something deeper about Bernard that, that isn't, hasn't quite reached the surface yet that I think we'll find out. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how I felt in the last episode quite a bit. This one a little less so. I, I think we had less of bernard in this in this one but the the little bit that we got seemed to be truthful or at least semi-truthful yeah yeah i i i'm not <laughs> bernard's gonna hurt us man he's, <laughs> he's softening us to hurt us something something's not right there yeah something's not right he's also sobered up considerably in the last two episodes <laughs> well he probably drank all of the alcohol yeah, matter gave it to meadows so. <laughs> yeah yeah but he he made some interesting comments. Like a long time ago, he decided to not get in Meadows' way, mm-hmm. which was interesting to me. Um, Billings has gone from weasel to to the most honest guy in the silo, the most ignorantly honest guy in the silo. Yeah. He just wants Juliet to trust him. Yeah. And um, she just cannot. He, what, she, what he doesn't understand is that the information she is hiding from him is protecting him in the future of his family, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's absolutely true. She does she does seem to trust him quite a bit more at this point. I'm not gonna lie. I like I like Billings. He's got a lot to lose, by the way. So he's I I think he's kind of he just shot himself in in his own foot in some sort of way here. Like he he knows too much at this point and has hidden too much. So he can't really come out and say anything. So 
he's kind of backed himself into a corner of of being trustworthy i think yeah he came out the gate looking for her position and then he kind of you know changed his tune Mm -hmm. after he got pretty much caught with the trumbull situation of trying to make somebody else fall yeah right uh I did gain empathy though for him and his wife. Like I really liked their storyline and then she was, I like how much she likes coffee when he was like, you want some coffee? And she was like, I always want coffee. I was like, that is such a relatable <laughs> woman right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's wifey right there. Okay. <laughs> Lucas and like Juliet. Come on. I'm still not intrigued by this whole dynamic. I'm sorry. I'm sure you like that I'm saying that. The kiss felt wrong. It did. It was really forced. But after reading, maybe I'm jaded here. After reading to his email with the whole beach situation, I don't know anymore. <laughs> she's she's kind of using him now, you know. Um, she's using him because in the magazine, there's constellations of the stars. Yeah. And it's like she's fishing for information out of him about these stars. But at the same time, I think she's kind of interested in this guy. Um. But she's still not over George yet. She's not healed yeah. from George being gone. And he does go in for the for the kiss. He moves in fast. And I think he's being kind of shady at what he does for a living, by the way. I don't think he's being completely truthful here. Um, I think there's a little bit more to Lucas than than we are finding out at the moment. He still feels like he has an angle. Yes. Yes. Do you think the stars are real? The lights in the sky, I should say. At this well, point, I, I think don't. she's. I think she's gonna try and maybe maybe we'll see some sort of like. A, I saw this thing in this magazine and not in the screen. Therefore, oh, maybe yeah. it's not. I, I think we're gonna kind of be looking for that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I did write a side note here, you know, because she's being watched the entire episode. Yes. And I was just wondering to myself, why are they letting her live with this info? Like, what, what, Sims could have done more. And that was my point earlier, right? Like, as dark as it is, maybe killer, sedator, something. Like, you're, you're kind of letting her unravel a lot of things. Yeah. We talked about Bernard. Billing seems to know a lot about Judge Meadows' breakfast routine. Is he just a kiss ass who's trying to kiss his boss's ass and bring an apple to the teacher every morning or? Probably. Does he have a closer relationship to Meadows as I believe Josh, emailer Josh mentioned about uh, Judge possibly being mm. his mother? Maybe. I kind of perceive him more as a kiss ass. He seems to kind of suck up to Sims and, you know, judicial yeah. I just broke Meadows isn't in charge, Sims is. That that was pretty much the summary. She has this epic acting moment where like a tear streams down her face and she says, They won't let you. <laughs> you know, she's she's deeper than the than the character we know, and I feel like she's acted that so well in the little time that we've been with Judge Meadows on screen mm-hmm. or seen her on screen. She snaps at Julie and says, You know nothing about me. Yeah, And I think that's the key to every character in this show is you, she knows she's jumping to conclusions because she comes from a place that my thought here of watching this episode was, I think de- the down deep is probably the safest place in the silo free of, of monitoring, if I had to guess. 
I would I imagine. Think, yeah. I think the the further down you go, the freer you are and probably where the flame keepers have their HQ. Because she makes little little side comments like in Down Deep we fix our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Why do you fix your own things? Is somebody onto the fact that maintenance is not maintenance, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, that's a possibility. It could just be that they've grown to be more self-sufficient. I mean, they they do this every day. They work with parts and machines all the time. Maybe it's just easier for them. They don't want someone else's help. It also brought up Martha to mind. Mm-hmm. Why would she be scared of leaving her workshop? Is it because she knows that there's a threat out there and maybe she was part of that threat? She mentions how Juliet is clearly Hannah Nichols' daughter. So she knew Hannah and we know Gloria knew Hannah and we knew Hannah knew George's mom, Anne. And we know that Hannah was curious like the other flame keepers. So yeah. Hannah I, was probably a flame keeper. Do you yeah. think she killed herself, by the way? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. We find out that that was the supposed mysterious event that occurred with her and she killed herself. Yeah, that's what we're told, at least. But George supposedly killed himself too. But, but I'm, I'm, for, for those that are listening, I'm using air quotes. What does killed yourself here mean? Murdered? Does it mean go out, went outside to clean? I don't think so. I think the cleaning would have been a bigger deal because if she went out to clean, that's the kind of famous event that everyone in the silo would know by heart. Yeah. Like they would hear her name and say, your mother? She was the one who her mother went to go clean. You know, like it yeah. was. Yeah. Also, you know, sorry, go ahead. I, w- I was just going to go back to Martha for a quick moment. You know, this whole time I thought maybe she has like agoraphobia where she doesn't want to go outside and she's afraid of leaving her, her environment. She's in a great place living in a silo. Totally. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean does she not, I mean, talk about tone deaf. Uh, or the lack of self-awareness here. Uh, there was a, another note I had about the breathing problems that we thought that Juliet's younger brother had where I think was actually seizures, were actually seizures based off of the little PTSD moment she has when treating Gloria's seizures Yeah, and what her father tells her. Because I don't think she intentionally uses her father, but she kind of does. What do you, what do you what, mean you don't think she intentionally uses her father? I think that's exactly what she wanted to do. She, she wanted, wanted his help. She, she wanted his help, but she was using his own guilt of, of abandoning his daughter against him. So, I guess she was totally using her dad. Yeah. Um, which he does step up to the call. But we also find out something dark about him, that he used to be one of those doctors, like Allison's doctor, mm-hmm. who prevents... Um, flame keep. I want to say that they're just trying to wipe out family lines of of dissenters. You know, they yeah, these people are literally like Nazis, hundred percent. They're yeah. trying to keep the flame keepers from having kids because they think that the curiosity gene carries over, and they become problematic. Which you know, based off the show, show lore so far, flame keepers' kids tend to definitely be more problematic than the sheeple people. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I mean they they want to eliminate anybody who questions anything right yeah that's that's all it is you want to breed sheep you're right yeah can i say something and this might be uh i don't think it's a spoiler but i think it's going to come true so it might be a spoiler sure sims is acting a lot like a guy who has a boss somebody who's upset with him 
somebody who's put him in charge of this particular silo and that he will have to answer to if this silo goes to shit. He's acting a lot like a guy who doesn't want his boss to find out what's going wrong in this silo. That's the vibe I get from him all episode. I can see that. If he was calling the shot shots like that, he'd be capping people left and right. <laughs> I, could, I could see him reporting to somebody else. I mean, that goes back to the theory of, hey, maybe there's more than one silo. He is not the final boss, my friend. There's no way. There's no way. There's got to be radio command, radio command. We got a problem, silo 23. You know, something like that's mm-hmm. going to go down. Then at the end of the season, we get a zoom out and we see like a million silos underground. I don't know, something like that. That would be, that would be a really interesting end to the first season. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, yeah. Or potentially that tunnel in the hole leads to the flame keepers, like the last remaining flame keepers. I could totally uh, see that as do a you, as Do a you think there are more flame keepers left? I mean... Yeah, 100%. Gloria says that Juliet is now the last flame keeper. I think Gloria doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. I think there's got to be more. They're just in hiding. You know, nobody can talk about this thing openly because the freaking fascists are in, are in power, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you notice the door code of Sims going down to janitorial? I think it was like 3035. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I tried to catch it on the first watch, but I think it was like three zero three zero three five. Yeah. What do you think? Th- you think there's any significance there? No idea. They should have just named the episode three zero three five or something. I don't know something something like that. But um, do you think that there's a mole working in the monitor room? I have a feeling one of those guys, hmm. either the Asian guy or the one who's on the computer always sitting down. I feel like one of those two might be. A mole. Like, I think, because how did you lose sight of the one girl you're tracking in the episode? Uh, I I'm, I don't know that they're a mole. I mean, the way that Covering Sims acts makes me think that they're more incompetent than anything else. I mean, you have- and, you know, the, the, the question that I had was how much coverage do they really have of the silo? Is it? every room everywhere is it certain key rooms is and main like like uh areas like the the medical or certain halls or whatever there could be a lot of blind spots we don't know i mean we know that that they had to repurpose cameras from medical and put them somewhere else so Mm. it seems it seems totally possible to me that there's just a blind spot they lost her plus she's not the one that went and picked up gloria I get it, but these people have the full reach of judicial's information. Mm-hmm. They could clearly put a two and two together. Oh, her dad's in charge of medical. You know, who's let's put two and two together here. You know, we should be watching one eye goes on Pete Nichols, one guy, one eye goes on her, you know? Yeah. I just thought that that was a little bit. I feel like somebody's in there working for the flame keepers, if I had to guess. Okay. Gloria's awake. Uh, Gloria calls out pete as one of the doctors one of the evil doctors and then kind of gives juliet this epiphany about her mother mm-hmm. her connection to george and Anne, and how Anne was helping her with this magnifying device which brings up the magnification thing again that martha uh the mechanic mentions yeah about the rule that you can't have a device past a certain magnification what she was using that device for we have no idea yet 
but we'll find out. Yeah. You know, there there's a moment here when they're when they're talking. Who? Uh Dr. Pete Nichols and Juliet and then Juliet and Gloria. Where, you know, she confronts him about the whole birth control thing. He kind of seems like he wanted to say something to her. And I'm wondering if maybe he he defied orders and removed his wife's birth control so that they could have kids because there was a comment of, I was surprised that they let her. Maybe they had the second kid. Yeah, you might be right there. He does let something else slip where he says, when they enter the nursery room, he mm -hmm. says, I wrote it down. He said, hold on. I don't know why, but they don't seem to listen in here. Mm. So he knows they're listening. He he is completely in on whatever's going on there. Yeah. Um. So to what extent all of these people in power like him and Judge Meadows know and how they came to know, uh, I'm not sure yet, but they definitely know it's up to a certain extent that these people have eyes and ears everywhere. Yeah. And it, yeah. it seems like they know, but again, they all feel powerless. By the way, I think the guy in the vest with the bowl cut in the monitor room, I think he's he's a mole, 100%. A little suspicious. Yeah, I think he's suspicious for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, we end the episode with Juliet going to Gloria's room, finding the hard drive in the vent, and realizing that the mirrors are how, she's wa how they're being watched, which leaves us with that cutoff at the end where... Sim sends the right the raiders after her, which are, I guess, this secret security force who enforce janitorial's orders. And Gloria does the most important thing she does all episode. She kind of gives her like the commission, you know, the great commission here of mm -hmm. you're the last flame keeper, you're the last airbender. <laughs> you must. What would your mother want you to do? Any sort of cowardice that remained in Juliet That's gone. was eviscerated after <laughs> that speech, you know? Yeah. Great editing, by the way. I thought she was gonna get arrested. So did I. I, I thought that she like turned when they like kicked open a door or something. I thought she was gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have a great history here of killing off uh, actors. Yeah. So, I was, I was a little worried. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just killed Juliet. Roll credits. <laughs> silo. Move up, moves on to another, another character here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes the actual episode recap it felt longer than usual but i think it's because we had like a, a 15 minute uh, mailbag we did have a today. decent mailbag today that is right believe it or not we have a deep dive it's gonna go even probably longer than this uh, so <laughs> we're gonna go into a lot of detail here yeah yeah so i i left out a lot of the detail that i found in this episode uh from the deep dive and there's a lot i mean we kind of surface level covered each scene today but this was a very meaty episode like there was a lot to think about a lot to consider more questions somehow than answers even though like i yeah. said we we got more answers than we've ever gotten so far mm -hmm. and by far put this one at the number one number one slot now it's definitely number one for me yeah i enjoyed this i i'm really excited to do the deep dive i want to rewatch this one again see what i missed i'm kind of curious to hear what you've picked up from the title sequence but maybe we'll save that one for the deep dive yeah i'll save it for the deep dive so you know there's there's some stuff to tease out there um i love this show because they don't 
they're not milking anything. Like, you know, last episode, the the audience gets the reveal that she's being watched in the mirror. And now this episode, she knows she's being watched in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to always keep it up at this rapid pace, but they're not saving something for season two. You know, they are just steamrolling through her storyline. And, and by the way, side note, Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Juliet, she has a monster year coming up. Like she's, she's, if she's not an A-lister already, she's side by side, Timothy Chalamet and Dune playing his mother, Paul Atreides' mother in Dune, part two. Dang it, you took my line. <laughs> and she's also going to be in Mission Impossible, uh, Reckoning with uh, Tom Cruise in December. Hmm. And that's a part two part movie. So she's like global superstar now. She's already been in what, two Mission Impossible movies, is that right? Um, I'm not sure. Rebecca I Ferguson? So. I, do, I don't believe so. No. I, I don't remember her in any Mission Impossible. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure Michelle Monaghan plays Tom Cruise's wife, not uh, her. No, not she's not his wife. Uh, she runs into him in one of the, one of the newer movies. Um, I'd have to rewatch. I don't remember her in it. Yeah. I was, I was going to make note of her, her um, appearance in Dune. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. That wraps the instant reaction. Um, I don't have any housekeeping to do. I think I did it all at the start of the episode. I think you did. We had a big mailbag. We'll, we'll save some housekeeping for the deep dive of Silo Episode 7. Yes. Shall we get into the outro? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Well, thank you for listening to the instant reaction for Silo Episode 7 by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube, so be sure to take a look at us there. We have a website at Soapbox.house. And if you want to shoot us an email, you can drop us an email at contact at Soapbox.house. I think that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. I'm staying in, I think. I, think. <laughs> I don't want to go out. <laughs> no there's beaches some, this time. There's something out there, man. There's just... <laughs> the janitorial has to know something we don't. Yeah, they're they're watching you. Something in the water. All right. Thank you all. <laughs> See you Sunday.